Hello and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. My name is Chad Russell. I'm the co-host, and that is Kurt Souter of Furtherstone Ministries. And uh, we're Solid Steps Radio. We're a show for men, by men. We talk about stuff from a dude's perspective. Uh, lots of ladies listen, and we're thankful for that. But our main audience is guys. And guys, um, there's a lot of noise out here in this world. And we want to talk to you men uh, specifically and just to tell you, hey, look, you have a destiny uh, as a man, and to fulfill that destiny, it needs to be involving with a life surrendered to Jesus Christ and to walk with Him. And you have a lot of hats you wear, dads. You are a father. You are a husband. You are a employer. You are an employee. You are a neighbor. You are a lot of different things. And uh, we just want to hit a bunch of different topics to talk about guys' uh, lives and, and, and what that looks like. In the past few weeks, we have been covering a book called Shepherding a Child's Heart by Ted Tripp. And the whole premise of the book is how do we not just parent the behavior and the outside of our children, but how do we get to their hearts and, and help them uh, to, to have a heart devoted to God, not just a behavior outside. And so the past few podcasts have been that. So if you want to hear those, go to Facebook or SoundCloud or iTunes and just type in Solid Steps Radio and you can hear all of those uh, in their entirety. Um, or you can also go to furtherstoneministries.org. So I've done a head count. So there's 22 children <laughs> represented in this room today. There's four dads in the room. You're going to hear that. And we're all, we, are, we are losing our minds. Right. No. So a couple of you have lost your hair. Yeah. I'm thinking that has hey. something to do with it because you have older children. But the two guys in the room who have hair have younger children. So we'll see how that goes. But there's 22 kids in this room, ages from, I think, 25 or all the way down to uh, nine months. And so we have a tribe. We could probably start a, a, a county if we wanted to with all the people in our room. But we're four fathers who are... are Did you say 22? 22 kids total. Nice. I've got six. Our guests have three we and could, we could have a seven respectively. Yes. So, uh, so all that, we've got a lot of experience is what I'm getting at. A lot of experiences of getting it right. A lot of experiences of getting it wrong. And we're going to talk about today... Uh, shepherding a child's heart, and specifically, we're talking talk a lot about a tro- controversial topic about discipline. But I got to tell you this f- funny story that happened over the weekend. It was like the perfect illustration dude, God dude, gave us. Dude, you got more stories than. Well, I need to write these down. But so our neighbor next door is putting in an electric fence for their dog. And there's nothing like comparing your children to dogs. But at that age group, <laughs> they, they, get, they, they, get it. they get it. So one of the, my neighbors recruited one of my, my five-year-old who loves their dog to help them try to coax the dog out of their, uh, their yard to come out to see if they would stop at the fence. And the dog would stop right there at the fence. And the five-year-old was like amazed by this because he likes to play with Biscuit the dog next door and, and try to get Biscuit to you know, come over. And he was like, wow, that's really cool. And so I was able to, at some point this weekend, try to illustrate to all the boys. I said, do you see what they're trying to do? They're trying to keep that dog within that fence because they don't want that dog to go out because what could happen to the dog? Well, he could get hit by a car. All of these bad things could happen to this dog. And so I'm trying to tell them, oh, by the way, your mom and I are trying to keep you in a circle. And that circle is wisdom and that circle is walking with God because if you get outside of that, there's some bad stuff out there. And so today we're not training dogs. <laughs> we're talking about how do we teach our kids through discipline, but also through just letting them know this is done out of love and not out of uh, harsh anger. Hey, you know, Chad, I have said for years 
being a dad is and and helping our kids you know get it is the most difficult thing on the planet mm. i mean think about it i mean you know when do you be gracious when do you need to be firm when you know when do you give a spanking when do you not give a spanking when do you you know i mean it is like uh so we've got us four dads in here, we're just going to kind of unpack this. Brian Elliott, great to have you on the show, man. Yeah, it's great being here. It's awesome. uh, yeah, yeah. You've you've been you've gone through this book. You've got an old book like I've. You, yeah, we had friends give us this book in 1997, so <laughs> that dates our parenting. We had a two-year-old son and a son born that year. So nice. The beginning of the Elliott tribe. And he's got seven total. Seven total. Yeah. Seven total kids. I, ages again. So our oldest is 23, youngest is five. No, no, nice, nice, nice age nice, range yeah. there. Keeps you young, keeps you vibrant. I think we had 20 years of diapers. Oh, my word. Dude, uh-huh. dude, you could have retired by now. Yeah, so we went from that to frozen pizzas. You can't have enough of those in the freezer for the older kids. Oh, my goodness. Chad Stetler, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thank you. Glad to be here. You are a counselor, yes. and you've got how many kids? Three, ages from 13 down to seven. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. They keep us going. It's a great time. We love them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we're enjoying going through this book because, you know, in a lot of ways we can identify with, uh, you know, everything they're saying, everything you guys have been talking about, about, you know, keeping them inside of the circle, but then yet yeah, also having a 13-year-old, uh, let letting him kind of step outside of that a little bit. So, uh, yeah, how do you find that balance? And uh, there's not a whole lot of real clear guidelines and rule books out there, so we kind of figure it out as we go along. You know, I, I, contra- I mean, it is controversial how to raise kids and all, all of that. Uh, to me, this is one of the, I mean, this isn't a perfect book, but this is a book that just keeps trying to go back to the Bible, keep, go back mm-hmm. to the scriptures, and I, you can't go wrong. Right. Uh, you, we might not fully understand some principles, but there's uh, there's some rich stuff. But I, I wanted to share a verse, um, and it's actually uh, one of the uh, minor prophets, but to me, it just it's rich with, because we, we don't just want our kids to get it. We want our kids and our grandkids and our great grandkids, hmm. and it's a it's all it's a prophetic. But it says, "Tell this is Joel chapter one verse three. It says, tell it to your children, and let your children tell it to their children, and their children to the next generation.' And, and that's that was concerning prophecy, but the the principle still applies. Mm-hmm. That w- the the way we love and raise our kids and and bring them up in the ways of Jesus Christ. Um, that's what we want our kids to be able to pass it on to their children so that when we're dead and gone, our great-grandkids are, are walking with it. So, um, yeah. so uh, you, you have thoughts with that, Brian? Yeah, I do. Uh, if, when you're reading Deuteronomy, you see Moses often using like three generations, talking to grandfathers and fathers and then their sons. And when he talks about impressing upon them the ways of the Lord, we've always looked at that passage of walking with your children when they rise, when they set, it's like a lifestyle discipleship. There's constantly moments where you can have conversations with your kids about, you know, here, here's life facts, here are things about the Lord, here are things you're experiencing. And so Moses began to really lay that out in Deuteronomy to, to the children of Israel as they were preparing to go into the promised land. So a lot of rich teachings to go along with the, the passage in Joel. Yeah, um, we've been talking the, the last few weeks about how do we you know, how do we pass on this faithfulness? And uh, he mentions in chapter 13, you know, shepherding the heart, you know, kind of summarized it. 
and he and he mentions um, that your children are the products of two things. The first shaping influence is their physical makeup and their life experience. And he said the second is this Godward orientation. We've, mm-hmm. we've mentioned that word several times in the last couple of weeks. It, it, it determines how they interact with those experiences. And, and then parenting you know, involves providing the best shaping influences you, you can, uh, as best you can as a, as a dad, and then the careful shepherding of your children's responses to the influences of the world. Um, yeah, I can remember um, going to, to Ted Tripp to one of his conferences where he talked live. And one of the things we were really left with is that this concept that we are worshipers as people. Mm. And he talked about, you know, Michael Jordan, which dates us. You know, I got the book in the 90s. So, <laughs> um, but, you know, we as people will, are worshipers. We will worship something. And so his point was always this God orientation is your child is going to grow up in the culture of your home where they're going to watch what you worship, what you value, what you put time into, not just hey, kids, it's Sunday morning, let's turn on some Christian music, hop in the car and go to church, you know, let's check off, you know, we put money in the plate and we took communion and all that. But your family culture is going to express this God orientation, you and your wife, you as a father, and the kids are watching and observing. And so that really left an impression as you're shepherding this child's heart. It is headed towards a destination of following and giving their lives to something. You know, who will that be? Yeah, what, what kind of culture are we creating in our homes? And that's a powerful, powerful thing. Uh, yeah, and, and the way I took Godward orientation is how our children are, and all of us are predisposed to our environment. So it could be their temperament, if you will. And all of our kids, and I'm sure you all have seen the same thing, they, they all react to their environment differently. And, you know, going back to shepherding their heart and disciplining, some things work with some of our kids and others don't. So uh, it becomes, you know, a situation where we have to think a little bit about how we're going to engage with our children to help them in their responses to their environment around them. So, you know, we have our middle one tends to be very reactive with life situations. And so (laughs) if his uh, brother or sister get on his nerves, he tends to react uh, a little bit more intensely than the others do. And uh, so we're on him about, you know, his attitude and his words that he uses. And so rather than reacting in this, you know, more of a, a negative way, uh, trying to coach him along in the situation and how he's thinking and processing things. So I think he has a natural disposition to react, but, you know, it's upon us to try to coach him along and what, you know, would be a good and healthy way to react to his environment. Yeah. Last week, um, uh, we talked about d- the different types of communication. You know, there's, there's entreaty, there's encouragement, there's different types of what we need to do. And every one of our kids, we have to, we have to y- use different tools, so to speak, because they're all different. But we need to take a break and we're going to continue to unpack this. So we're going to come back in the next segment, talk about a few more summarizations of our first few weeks, but we're also going to talk in the next uh, rest remaining time of our segments that we have of shepherding through the stages of childhood. Uh, different stages where, again, we all have children in this room in different stages. Some of them are adults and some of them are still in diapers. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that as we come back on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. This is Chad Russell, Kurt Souter. We are talking to a couple other dads today about shepherding a child's heart, the book by Ted Tripp. 
And uh, we are uh, not only are we shepherding our child's heart, we are shepherded by our sponsors. That's, that's a bad segue. Sometimes I'm good, sometimes wait, I'm bad. Wait, that was a bad uh, one. That's okay. That was okay. That's kind of like your fathering, you know? <laughs> sometimes I get a so good one. Sometimes you do well, sometimes. Not and so that's, much. Dude, that's like all of us. So we thank Ellen and Credit Union for shepherding <laughs> us in our show. Uh, they have been a local lender around here for decades. They auto loans, mortgages, credit cards, you name it. If you need some help with your financing in regards to uh, internet banking, you name it. They are a local lender. They pour into the community and uh, they are a great sponsor of our show and vision first eye care. Uh, if you need your eyes taken care of, but also your health just in general, uh, when I go to vision first, they're looking at my eyes, but Dr. Rollo is asking me all kinds of questions about other things in my life. How's your, how's your health doing in general? So they, they don't just take care of your eyeballs. They take care of the person. So thank you vision first and Ellen and credit unit. So uh, shepherding a child's heart. I'm going to hit on the past few weeks. These are some of the points that we've we've hit. The book hits on in, in, in chapter 13 of the book. If you're following along, uh, we talked about the last segment how there's two things that are really help shaping uh, a children a product of two things: the shaping influence and the Godward orientation of of how they see the world. Uh, also, the heart determines behavior. Uh, how you're acting, both little people and big people is a reflection of what's going on inside your chest. Your heart inside is, and so we have to be cautious of that when we're talking about our kids, what's going on with their heart. If we start addressing the behavior only, there's something going on, on the inside. That's why, you know, again, Chad, that's why the Bible says over and over again that we are to guard our hearts yep. because out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, that we, you know, that's how we live. Yeah. So, And also another point here says you have authority, you the parent have authority because God has made you his agent. Uh, we are, we have, authority over our children because God has said, I'm giving you these children to be agent and stewards of. Uh, so there is an authority is important because we've been given that responsibility by God. Um, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And that must be a worldview we are trying to, to uh, give our children to, to say this is not about you, it's about him and uh, to glorify him. Uh, biblical goals must be accomplished through biblical methods. So are your goals worldly or are they of the Bible? Are they, are they of God? And then the last one here is that God has given two methods for child rearing, both communication, which there are multiple ways to communicate your child. I think he gave eight different ways to communicate your child, all the way from lecturing, teaching, all the way down to praying for them, all kinds of different uh, ways to communicate, and the rod, <coughs> which is the, you know, not some dude named Rod over in the corner who's going to tell you how to parent, the actual rod, the physical rod of discipline and, and spanking and what that looks like. So well, gonna, that's controversial. I'm going to take that and punt that over to my uh, <laughs> Oh, but, you know, you know um, we'll talk about the rod in just a little bit, but I, I love to talk about uh, the, what he calls the, the circle of safety or circle of love and protection blessing. Mm -hmm. And I, I just love that analogy. We would actually hold up our hand and, and create a circle and say, hey, guys, when you get outside the circle, uh, when you disobey, when you willingly disobey, mommy and daddy love you so much that we're going to we're going to get you back in the circle. Um I, I love that analogy. Do you have yeah. thoughts, that, thoughts yeah, and, of that, Brian? The, the amazing thing is with all seven of our children, all of them, all their circles look different. Some of them, we could expand them at age seven, and some of them we had to tighten them down at age seven. And so it's fascinating because we, you kind of view the circle as as your child matures and, and, and is growing and responsible with 
what you're asking of them, that circle can grow. So you could have a 17 year old and you feel comfortable letting them stay out till midnight. You could have a 17 year old and you're like, you need to be home at nine, you know? Right. Um, and so, you know, the, 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 a big part of parenting is knowing and understanding your child's heart and it reflects in how the discipline occurs, um, expectations for them. So it can look different for each child. And as best you can, I mean, ideally it's, it's, it's when mom and dads um, are really communicating about this. And I, and I think we can't overemphasize enough the, 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 the role of prayer in in our homes because there's so many times when do, do we do we need to draw that circle in a little tighter right now or do we need to to and, and really we got to talk to god about that and say lord lord give me wisdom yeah i mean just begging god for wisdom and help and insight um praying to to, to him about our our kids yeah i think some of the mistakes we've made is seeing the outward actions and assuming that we need to tighten in this circle and we didn't really listen to their hearts. Yeah. And so we made a quick judgment. We reacted to that. We created more rules or whatever. And we had the, the relationship was missed. And so then we find out, well, they're having trouble at school or they're having trouble with, with peers. And then you're, you know, you feel crushed as a dad, like, you know, I didn't even know your heart. Let's talk about what's going on. This is why you've been reacting like this. This is why you've been talking back to mom when you never talked back to mom before. It's because other things are going on in their lives, and I'm not engaged in that. Yeah, we, we talked about that a week or two ago, just the power of listening and really seeking to understand before being understood. It's that biblical principle of listening. You have thoughts, well, Chad? Well, yeah, Kurt, you had just mentioned about, you know, the power of prayer and incorporating that. And, um, you know, with us, I know that prayer has really helped fill out the circle. So when we have the, the circle or the boundary line that we're going to keep them in, if they step out of that and there's some correction involved to bring them back in, uh, as Chad just mentioned a second ago, the end goal here is to get God glory and if they're not learning that and understanding that then you know everything that we're working for is really for naught because if they they really have to understand uh, you know what it is that we're doing in prayer uh, really helps facilitate that they really uh, they participate in prayer it facilitates godly discussions and so it's more it gives us a platform to talk about the issues and look at it through a godly lens and so for us prayer has been just really huge in helping them you know kind of understand the context and in the circle and what we're trying to you know work for and and you know how we're trying to help them grow yeah i mean when we think about creating a culture of godward orientation prayer's got to be a part of that and and it's it's like you know i i need to this is not something, this is not a religious activity that I'm doing. This is a, this is, Lord, I am prone to wander. I'm prone to miss it. Mm-hmm. I'm prone to strike out. Lord, I need you. And when our kids, I think when our kids see that, um, it really helps. Um, again, as dads, it is critical that we are modeling the way. And uh, we, you know, we're helping create this culture of prayer. You know, he, he mentions in here about the whole, the whole key to obedience. And he says, obedience isn't obedience until really three things are happening. Um, and he says, it's when they obey without challenge, when they obey without excuse, and they obey without delay. And I was like, oh, I, and uh, last night at dinner table... 
Um, my 21-year-old was home visiting from college, and she, and I said, "Hey, Ivy, do you remember what are the three conditions of obedience?" And she, and you know, she's just laughing. You know, yeah, Dad, it's <laughs> it's without delay, it's without excuse, and it's with a good attitude. You know, <laughs> and I'm like, going, "You still remember, honey?" Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's. You know, we can laugh about it now, but when she was 10, it wasn't always laughing matters. Mm. But um, you guys have thoughts about the, the whole principle without delay, without excuse, and, you know, with a good attitude. Uh, you know, and I think he started off in the chapter two, or maybe that's somewhere else where he was talking about the cyclical behavior, and uh, there'll be a period of time where everything's going great. And then they might relax a little bit and then the kids aren't so responsive and they have to crack down discipline. And we go through the exact same, we've seen the exact same patterns in our life. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, it's, it's great when there's that, when there's, um, first time obedience, if you will, and you don't have to wrestle with them on every issue. Uh, and so, uh, and maybe I'm jumping ahead here, but, uh, you know, I think that one of the things that's helped us out mostly is that my wife and I are on the same page and we're, you know, we have the same, uh, not only do we have the same goals, but then we also, um, you know, um, are very consistent together with what we do with the kids. And so I'm not having to do it by myself. She's not having to do it by herself. And so it just creates for you know a much better environment, you know, for the kids that, we're not sending mixed messages. Yeah, I think uh, that's a critical point because many times, I mean, our kids are, <laughs> I used to say they have PhDs in manipulation. <laughs> um, uh, these yeah. kids are unbelievably brilliant and uh, they can discern that mom and dad are not fully on the same page. And um, back in the day, they would get in serious hot water if they would try to divide mom and dad mm -hmm. uh, that was uh you if if dad, they would ask dad something and dad would say no and then they would go ask mom if if they would if i would find that out they knew that some kind of corrective discipline was going to happen because you're trying to separate us i think that's one of the greatest principles of parenting is when mom and dad are a united front and it probably scares kids the most because <laughs> then they know, okay, mom and dad have met in the bedroom. They have processed and gone through what's going to be expected of me. And then they actually followed through with it together. And they're like, okay, you win, you know, and, and, uh, you know, that takes an investment for mom and dad to value that and to respect one another and not, you know, one give in to the kids. Oh, you know. Mom didn't really mean that. I can get the kids ice cream or whatever. And then you realize as a dad, I shouldn't have gotten them ice cream, <laughs> you know, or because um, kids will, you know, kids will figure that thing out real quick. Well, it, it goes back to the principle of not just communicating greatly with in a healthy way with your kids. There's got to be great communication between mom and dad. And that is paramount. Yeah. So that you're on the same page. And um, I think, Kurt, one of the things about the challenge and, you know, this this response from the kids and. You know, rules can um, produce behavior, but relationship impacts the heart. Yeah. Hmm. And I think that's the thing I struggle with the most is, you know, the first time obedience and all those things. That is definitely necessary, but it's that relationship that I've seen that can it's, break through stuff. So. It's critical. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back and talk more with these guys about uh, how, do we, how do we discipline our kids and what it looked like in a loving way. There was a sentence here in the book that really nailed me to my chair. It says, a parent who is respectful to his children and teaches them with dignity and respect will be respected by his children. 
And so a lot of times the, the process of reaping and sowing is in effect everywhere, even in parenting. So we're going to take a break. We'll be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our third segment of Solid Steps Radio. If you are just joining us, thank you. Hopefully you continue to listen to us, but we had two more segments before that. And if you want to hear those segments, go to Facebook, SoundCloud, or you can go to iTunes if that's where you listen to podcasts and just type in Solid Steps Radio and you'll see all of our podcasts commercial free. Thanks to our sponsors like uh, Frank Enterprises. They uh, take care of your septic issues at your home if you need to get a septic tank inspected or taken a look at or repaired uh, that's what they do frank enterprises we appreciate their uh, taking care of us as sponsors and we also want to thank uh, bright star home care uh, i can't think of a more important need in our future of our society of being able to take care of those who want to not cannot take care of themselves when they get to be a certain age they do all types of different services personal care transitional care alzheimer's and dementia care Bright Star Home Care, uh, they do a wonderful job. So look up Bright Star Care and Frank Enterprises for all your needs. Chad, I, I love what he says in here that we as dads, as, as parents, we are never not training. Mm, yikes. We are, we, I, I mean, that's a little scary. It's yes. a little scary. I mean, it's like, yeah. oh, my goodness. Because our, we, our, we are constantly modeling. And, you know, if our kids disobey and we do nothing, well, we're training them. I mean, I've seen at the grocery store before where there's a little kid and he throws a big fit and, and, the, and the mom rewards with a lollipop. They, they take the lollipop, give him a piece of candy to get him to stop crying. It's like, oh, my goodness. So, we're, we're, I mean, we're never not training. And uh, we talked about in the break about being proactive versus reactive. Um, you want to comment on that, Brian? Yeah, one of the principles my wife and I, as we reflect back on the, the years of parenting, is this concept of parenting and non-conflict. So in other words, we want to, uh, to deal with and address how we want our children to behave before the chaos erupts, you know? so if I'm, The chaos if, is coming. Exactly. So I might train my kids. We might go to the park, and Daddy might look at the kids and say, everyone get in the van now. And the kids, if I've trained them to be obedient, will get in the van immediately. Now, that was just an ex a training exercise, but we could be in the park and there could be some danger that's on the horizon. And I see that as a father and I tell my kids, everyone needs to get in. And, you know, if one of the kids are like, well, I want to keep swinging, or, you know, then they're going to be put in a dangerous situation because something is about to happen in the park, whether it's a dog that got loose and is headed their way, whatever that might be. So we're training them ahead of time. A lot of times in our parenting, if we're not proactive and we're reactive parents, there's always escalation. You know, you, you need the kid to obey immediately. And so you get angry, you're yelling at them, and, you know, the response isn't, isn't occurring that you need. You, you asked me that question, and I remember at times, many times, we would sit around at the dinner table, and we would talk about this whole principle of obedience. And when they step outside that circle of love and protection and blessing, they're going to be disciplined to get back in, not because we're angry, not because we're frustrated with them, but because we love them. And there's blessing in that circle. Were you going to make a comment, Chad? No, I mean, I just uh, you know, agree with everything Brian was saying. And, the, and I think that's for us and probably for most of you guys here, it helped out starting when they were toddlers and working, you know, when they were two, when they were three, when they were four. Now my oldest is 13 
and he's been indoctrinated into our disciplinary system. And so uh, that's been our way of managing a lot of the chaos is um, we've been consistent throughout the years and we didn't you know, start at the age of eight and decide, uh oh, this has gotten out of hand. We need to start disciplining now. Um, it's just something we did from day one. Yeah, I mean, he talks in the book about even an eight month old who can, I mean, really get eight month old. Right. Well, we got a nine month old who wants to roll off the uh, changing table when we're changing his diaper. Well, I'm not going to spank a nine month old, but we have to do something to let this child know you cannot do that because not because I'm trying to be a, a, a mad at them. He mentions in the book, great wording. He says, I'm not mad at them. He's I'm trying to rescue them. Mm. Huge difference. I mean, we have got to rescue our kids from rolling off tables to get hurt, touching a hot stove. And oh, by the way, going down the road of, of pornography addiction or anything we're doing these things to rescue our kids not to harm them yeah, it's one of the greatest forms of love i mean it's truly loving our children saying you know there are there are dangers ahead of you in life there's realities ahead of you the enemy wants to come to steal you know kill and destroy your life and so we are out of love disciplining you at a young age because really the christian journey is all about discipline it's for me to be disciplined as a man as a husband as a father and yeah, I mean, Proverbs says the corrections of discipline are the way to life. Yeah. If we want life and life abundantly and life of, of peace and joy, that, then it, we have to have a life of discipline, and it's helping our kids do that. And one of the key ways he talks about in the book, and here, here's now the controversial topic, the whole spanking. You know, what, when, when to spank, when not to spank. I, I love what he says, some of the, the, the principles of, of spanking he mentions uh, that you, you always need to do it, um, n- never in anger. He says if you're if you are angry and frustrated, that's not the time to spank. Brian, we'll give you, did you give the analogy about the military? Yeah, how they train. Yeah, absolutely. If 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 we trained our soldiers in the midst of a war, there'd be chaos and nothing would be accomplished. So all the training and disciplining is preparing them for what they're going to encounter. And I think that's that proactive approach. I'm going to train my children in non-conflict. So when that conflict does arise, I have my head, you know, I'm level headed. I'm able to lead properly. I'm not going to enter a place where I'm going to sin and have to ask my father in heaven forgiveness for how I've responded as a dad. But but there are times I I can think of many failures I've had where I've had to sit at the dinner table and say, you know, um, kids, you know, daddy really lost his cool or daddy said something he shouldn't have said. Will you forgive me? <laughs> and um, right. So. so if we're talking about spanking, Kurt, I'm just going to put it all back on you. So uh, so the win of spanking, I, I think the win of spanking is always um, when they have clearly defied and disobeyed a very, very clear um, thing that mom and I have already communicated mm-hmm. when we when we have said to them and and really you you, you want to do the spanking in the earlier years not when they're 12 years old the, I think those are very I, I can't even remember spanking my 12 year old um, maybe but it's so rare because we did it earlier on when you when you prolong it and you start maybe not disciplining when they're younger it's make it's gonna make it harder as they get older but some of us are hearing this right now, and you got older kids, and so what do you do? But let's just talk spanking 
primarily for the younger kids. But when, when I would, I, I told, I think the example last week of Olivia, when we were at Cracker Barrel, we we're eating breakfast and she's throwing the, she's clearly disobe- disobeying. In fact, she looked at me kind of in the eyes and disobeyed through the toys down the ground. And she had already known, I'd already communicated. I said, honey, what happens? I, we, we would make them say the word spank. And we would, we would say, if you get out of the circle and you do this, what's going to happen? And she would say, spanking. I said, that's right. And so now, if I don't give her a spanking, I'm a liar. My word is no good. I'm not being trustworthy. And I'm going to honor my word. I'm going to give her a spanking. I'm not going to beat her. I'm not going to be angry. I'm not going to be frustrated with her. But I'm going to lovingly take the rod of correction. I'm going to say, honey, you disobey daddy. And one of the things uh, that I think we have to do in this context is, and he, he mentions in this in the book, is the whole principle of um, it's, it's done over our lap with, with, with grace-filled hands. Again, this, there's no anger. And now, have I, have I ever done it in anger? Yeah, and I've, I've had to confess that to the kids. What were you going to say, Chad? Well, he, one of these points, <clears throat> he says under the section of the how of spanking, he says, you know, take your child to a private place where you can be spoken with privacy. And this is what I underlined. Discipline must not rob a child of his dignity. Mm, yes. We are not there to humiliate. Yes. We are not there to shame. We are not there to embarrass. Uh, we are there to discipline, and you cannot rob dignity in the process of. So I think the whole private aspect of it, disciplining your kids in front of other kids, not good. Never. Not. No. Disciplining them in public, in the Never. middle of the store, not good. Never. There's that idea of privacy because you want to not embarrass and shame them. I think that's, that's something that's pretty important. He says in here, if your child has not obeyed, he needs to be spanked. And he knows that he's disobeyed. It's not, it's not something that he accidentally has done. That, that, that you never give him a spanking for that. And sometimes you don't even know the full story. It's, you know, you got these kids down, the, you know, the neighborhood kids or whatever, and you hear part of the story. That's not the time to spank. Yeah, he says here, secure an acknowledgement of the child of what he has done to make yeah. sure it's been done. And then yes. the other point he says here is tell them specifically what has done or what has been failed to do. I mean, we got to, if they don't know why they're getting a spanking, I, I blew it. Yep, absolutely. So, you know, when there's deliberate defiance, that is something we have to address in the hearts of our children because who are we pointing them to? We're pointing them towards God, this God orientation. So if they don't have a problem defying us as, as their authority figure at a young age, then they're not going to have a problem doing that with God as a young adult. That's right. Let's talk real quickly about the how of spanking. Now, some, some of you who are listening you might be thinking, oh, my goodness, these guys, they're, they're beating their kids. They've got a belt, and they're going to take them back to the back shed. That is not what we're talking here. We are talking, this is, this is, again, no anger. I love what he says. You must avoid responding in anger. You must avoid treating your child without proper respect for his person and his dignity. You must temper unwavering firmness with kindness and gentleness. You must keep the spanking focused on the issues of the heart. And uh, so we talk about a private, it's got to be in a private place. Um, Specifically, what he has done or failed to do. And 
We're going to take a break, and we're going to rescue you. <laughs> You're rescuing me, bro. Because this, is... this, I mean, think about this. How hard is it as we as four men in this room talking about this? We, it's hard to talk about it now. How is it hard is it to do it in the moment and also in a culture in a, in a, that just frowns upon this? And, and, and granted, nobody, we are not condoning abuse. Punching, kicking, hitting, slapping your children is not, it, that's sin. And we are not doing, we're talking about that. Spanking is something specific. And how do we do it well? So we're going to take a break, come back, and give you all the answers so you can be all in the all-knowing of how to do this on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. Unfortunately, I think it's our, uh, unfortunately, our last of the segment today in a show we could keep going on and on about. We've enjoyed talking today. Uh, we also want to thank one of our sponsors, though, Dan Hart Financial. If you have uh, finances that you need to be investing in regards for the long term, biblically speaking, and be wise with your money, Dan Hart Financial is an organization that that takes that into consideration with money as far as what the Bible says about money. And we're talking today about what the Bible says about disciplining your kids. And in the last segment, we hit upon that one topic that people just squirm talking about and is is the literal spanking of your children. And we're t- covering the book, if you're just joining us, Shepherding a Child's Heart by Ted Tripp. And we're talking about literal spanking. Like, what does it look like to spank? And I have children six kids under the age of 11 and everyone in here has children and we're like okay what does an actual spanking look like so we're going to put kurt in the hot seat and uh because now he's not spanking anybody anymore we need to tell us how he did it hallelujah yeah right so we talked my 23 year old is a little too old (laughs) so the last segment we talked about the circle of blessing or the last few segments and we want to keep kids in the circle of blessing not because uh we're being harsh or religious but because we love them and if they get outside of the circle of blessing one way to get them back into the circle of blessing is with a literal spanking at, uh, of certain ages. So the last thing segment, we talked about a couple uh, procedures to do the spanking. Now the literal spanking is getting ready to happen. They know they've done it. They know they're going to receive one. Kurt, what did it, uh, an actual spanking look like in your home in regards to the kids? Well, it would be... First off, I, did you I, have something in your hand physically, not just your hand? Yeah, no, I, never the hand because okay. I want my hand to be a hand of grace and kindness and gentleness. Okay. So there's there's always a, you know, the rod. The Bible talks about the rod, the rod of correction. So we would literally take a a wooden spoon, a rod with a you know the spoon, mm-hmm. and um, and I would always try to pray. You know, I, I'm in the co- context of praying with mm-hmm. my kid, but I also want him to pray. And I'm, I'm going to say him. I got three girls and a boy, but so is Drew. Drew got more spankings than the girls did. All right. <laughs> but uh, if he's listening to this, he's like he's probably rolling his eyes. But um, you know, Drew, I, he, I I I put him in my lap or on my knee, and or, or I was holding him, and I would say, Drew, what what did you do? And so he, and we identified that, mm-hmm. and then I would have him pray. And he would he would say a, you know a, a prayer. I'm trying to teach him two principles. You confess your sins to God, First John one nine, and confess your sins to one another, James chapter five. And so I, I'm trying to teach him this is what I did, and then and then he would bend over my knee, and I want to I'm going to hold him you know gently and graciously, but then I, I'm going to remove his britches, and I'm, I'm going to uh, he's going to know he's going to get two swats. So that I'm in anger, I'm not going to give him four. And then I give him 
two swats and I'm not trying to beat him. I'm not trying to scourge him, um, you know, scourge him. Right. You know, like, you know, Jesus was scourged, you right. know, I, I'm, I, I want it, I want him to feel the sting. And then as soon as I, I, uh, swat him twice, I mean, and it, I, I, I'm not trying to get him to cry, but I'm trying to get him to cry. If, that, if you know what mm-hmm. I mean. Sure. And, and immediately I put it down and I embrace him because it's all about the relationship. It's all about this is not I'm angry and frustrated with you, even though at times I got to that point. I don't I, I, sometimes I have to wait yeah. until the anger had subsided. And then I say, OK, Drew, this is what you did. And then when I'm loving him and embracing him, then we would pray. And I, I would lead in prayer and I would thank him the Lord for forgiveness, for grace, for mercy. And then we would walk out and most of the time it's, he, we're walking out with smiles on our face. I mean, we, we walk out with contentment because I have completely restored the relationship and this is just helping him stay in the circle of blessing. All right, let me ask you this question. What if that child is a bit rambunctious and boisterous in personality and boy that that spanking like you said that sounded very nice but what if the child is just still just so wound up after that spanking are you done um sometimes rarely he would have to get another one Mm. and i remember one time um when Kristen would spank him and Kristen wasn't quite as didn't have quite the umph (laughs) Um, that I did, right. and and again, it's not, it's not. There's this is not beating. It's not even close to that. Right. But she, she had a weak forearm. <laughs> <laughs> she had a mom's forearm, <laughs> and she would swat him. And I and I very succinctly remember that Drew turned around and looked at mom and said, "Mom." I'm not for sure the foolishness is gone. <laughs> and, and he had to get another couple, okay. couple swats. But I, I mean, th- those are rare because um, I, I want to make it hurt, but I don't want to make it, you know, I, I'm not overdoing it. Right. Um, so if uh, the, the purpose of the spanking, there's a whole nother section of this book of the why of spanking. Share the story oh, you share with us in, in the break of of why the spanking? You know, the why of spanking is to, is to give them, uh, again, that Godward orientation that we all, that daddy blows it, that mommy blows it, that we all, we need a savior. We need someone who will forgive us. Mm -hmm. We, We need a God of grace. And spanking is is pointing to that. It's a God, it's, it's, it's Hebrews chapter 12. It says, um, our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good, that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. But later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. And so I, I one time, it was uh, Drew had clearly stepped outside the bounds. He knew he was going to get a spank, and he came into our bedroom. I'm sitting on the bed. He's leaning over. We've already done the prayer thing. We've already, and I've removed his britches, and he knows it's coming, and I swatted my leg about as hard as I could swat it, Hmm. and he heard the smack, but he didn't feel it, and he quickly turned around, and he he looked, and I was crying. Not because I spanked myself, but I was crying because God had moved in me that 
so many times that's what I get from him or, or, or that I need from him. Mm-hmm. And, and I, we just, I just explained to him, Drew, you're, you're getting grace, and sp- somebody had to pay the price for your sin. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, was a, it was a movement of conversation to the cross. Of That's what Jesus did for us. Jesus went to the cross for my sin. He went to the cross for your sin. And he paid the price. He got the spanking that we should have gotten. Mm-hmm. And it was this incredible, life-giving conversation. And I'm telling you, we embraced and we cried together. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those, you know, holy moments. Right. You know, we don't get a lot of those, you know, um, with our kids. Um, but it was a holy moment of of me being able to express the gospel message and the redemption of God and the grace of Jesus, and that's why he went to the cross. And um, you know, I, I'll never forget that day. Right. So, mm. so the why is, is so much bigger than the moment. And like Brian had said earlier, if we're training our kids in the heat of the moment, are they even listening to us? Right? If we're trying to teach them a biblical principle of why, if, if they're upset, if you're upset, boy, it's the in-between moments that really make the biggest impact. Any of you guys have anything to share? Uh, you know, just listening to Kurt share and, and then hearing, you know, talking about this uh, in the break, it, it also, it, it seems that th- this issue in particular is a moment of where we're shepherding our own hearts as well mm. through this because none of us like to spank our children. It's, no. you know, it's and hard if you, for us. if you do, you got a heart issue. Yeah. R- correct. Yeah. And um, and as Kurt, as you mentioned earlier, if you don't follow through with discipline, then you're not a man of your word. You, it makes you a liar. Um, if we don't follow through with discipline, then we're neglecting our duties. So this whole issue in particular is is one where you know it's hard for us, but um, we we need to go through this process as well. Um, you know, for our own character, and if we're not then we're neglecting as fathers and as moms, we're neglecting that side of, of our character as well, neglecting our duties. Uh, but, you know, the beautiful thing about this method of spanking is that there's also reconciliation. And at the end, you're telling them, listen, you know, you've stepped outside of the bounds, but it's time that, you know, this is this is what the consequence is. And in like what we've done in our family is that we've told them, you know, we love you. We want the best for you. But if you're not going to listen to us, we can't give you the best. And so this is, you know, part of the measure uh, to, you know, get you back into doing the things that you need to do. And so it's just it's you know worked out wonderfully. That's uh, that's good stuff. Guys, thank you so much for coming in here. It's been a blast, but uh, our time is up. You know, Brian, would you just close us in prayer? Pray for us dads. Just real quickly, will you please? Yeah, Father God, you are our daddy. You are Abba. And it is a humbling reality for us as men in our 20s, 30s, 40s, and beyond to realize that we are guiding and shaping the hearts of our children. And yet, in those moments, we realize that you are guiding and directing our own hearts too. So I pray that we would orient ourselves towards you, Father God. We love you, Jesus. In your name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Chad. You know, Chad Stetler is a licensed pastoral counselor. We just want to make mention of that. Olive Branch Family Counseling, and you can reach him at 502-442-7665. I hope it's okay I gave your number out online. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) I didn't ask your permission. Uh, But 
Uh, anyway, so uh, we hope that this has been something that you may have never, you're not gonna hear a sermon on this, more than likely. And the book, Shepherding a Child's Heart, uh, is an incredible, is there, it's a great resource. It's not the Bible, but it talks and points towards the Bible of God's word. And at the end of the day, some of you probably are hearing this like me and you're thinking, gosh, I'm behind the eight ball. Like my kids are eight, 10 years old. What do I do? Well, there's the old proverb that I've heard is the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The next best time is today. And if you start today, I'm banking on the principle that God in heaven wants your children to follow you even more than you want your children to follow God. And so he is going to father, to Chad's point, I am being fathered by God as I'm fathering my children. So if we continue just to be trustworthy of our father in heaven, he is, he's loyal and uh, he's going to do what he says he's going to do. So we thank you for listening. Pass this along to somebody. We'd love to hear some feedback. If you like it, didn't like it, or what you thought about it, please let us know via our Facebook page, Solid Steps Radio. Hey, thank you for listening again to Solid Steps Radio.